So it was juggling that, juggling training and juggling being a mum. And it just worked. I think you just, you know, it gets to the point where each day was just a groundhog day. Welcome back to the Kratos Chat Podcast with me, your host, Will Gaunt. And as always, I have my co-host with me, Mike Catrus. Um, and our wonderful guest this week is a two-time second fittest woman on earth uh, in the 40 to 44 age group, as well as being a top three finisher in the UK Open four times. It's Masters Games athlete, Kelly Friel. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. Thank you for inviting me. How's um, quarantine life in the UK treating you? Is it good? Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's um, It's been nice and sunny in Southampton. So we've been lucky that we've been able to get some training in outside in the sun, topping up the town, getting some Vic D in. Um, oh, that's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had a few days where it's been raining and it's like, oh no, what should we do today? Can't yeah. go outside. And does that, does, does the weather kind of affect your training at all, at all? Or do you have a spot inside that you can train on? Um, we have a small, what I call a wooden summer house inside <laughs> where we can train, but um, we can't like drop weights. So it's more like you could just do some CV. It's not very big. Um, you can get stuff done, but it just means like moving everything around before you start your, start your session. And in terms of kit and stuff like that, have you got access to what you need or is are you limited in that yeah pretty lucky really over the years um i bought some kits um and at times like simon's been like what the heck are you buying this for <laughs> and now i'm like see it was worth every penny I told you um, so yeah i try if i've won a comp i'll try and buy something with the winnings to sort of say i'll rather than it just go in the bank or whatever, just to sort of say, oh, that came from there. So pretty much I've got most things. Because you won um, so many comps. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and Wolverson have been really, really good. They sort of sent a couple of bits out, like a squat rack, which I didn't have. So at least I, I'm able to do some squatting. And oh, it's wicked. I can imagine those those guys are quite busy at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they were um, flat out. I think they had to close their books because um, they were inundated with orders and then could not couldn't keep up with orders, but obviously wanted to make sure that they got everyone's orders out on time. So... Mm. Yeah, I think they've been pretty much inundated. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I've sort of built up a, a garage gym over the years just because I've preferred training at home. Sometimes it's not as easy to get some training done in the box if you didn't, you know, you get dragged from hole to pole sometimes. And um, it's uh, it's probably for the best because at the moment trying to buy anything is, is you either not going to get it or you're going to get charged three times the price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a lot crazy, of people have... Um, message and said oh your c2 bike how much do you want for it <laughs> yeah i bet yeah. I'm like, actually i could sell it three times and buy three bikes <laughs> yeah exactly is that um is, as someone who obviously works um in a box at the moment have you seen a lot of requests for like equipment and stuff because i know a few people who've had requests saying um or oh, can we borrow the equipment whilst it's out? Have you lent any uh, like equipment out to your members or anything like that? Yeah, so at our box, what we did is say that everyone, every member um, could have one piece of equipment. 
Okay. So whether it was like a box, a wall ball, just really basically so that we could hopefully ensure that every single person at least got one item. Yeah, okay. Then if there was like doubles left of things, then they could hire that out at sort of a really small one-off cost just to sort of cover wear or tear or damage while they've got it at home. And then things like bars, rowers and um, the assault bikes. Mm-hmm. Again, they, they've hired those out sort of on a monthly basis, which is great because it means that they can get some extra fitness at home, love the bike, and it means that it's just not sat in the box for, because I know a few boxes have been broken into. So, you know, it's just keeping it safe as well. That'd be an interesting question, actually. If you t- if you two were in that situation, um, what would be the one piece of kit? And say, for example, you didn't have your home gyms, what would be the one piece of kit you would keep with yourself in quarantine now? Go on, Mike, you can go if you've thought of one. Oh, it's easy for me. It's a bar bar, isn't it? <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only thing I'm fucking good at. <laughs> See, I would have said a barbell, but then I think maybe the assault bike, even though I hate it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. You know um, you're going to get a good work, workout on that, regardless of what you yeah. do with it, don't you? Any, any bit of CV kit, like a, a rower, a salt bike. A, I, I love the C2 bike. I think it's a great bit of kit. But mm, anything yeah. like that is, you know, it's, people think that, it, you know, it, or, you know, you can only do the one thing on it. But it's so versatile in terms of, like, the different time domains and the intervals. And obviously, every man and his dog's really some workouts that you can do with just body weight. Imagine all the things you can do with just body weight and a bike or and, and a, a rower. Bike, yeah. yeah. And it just it just adds that little uh, little bit of spice to those workouts and allows you to to sort of change the focus up slightly. So in terms of your training, um, I know you've recently changed coaches, aren't you, with Andy Edwards? Yeah, yeah. And um, how how has that um, changed in terms of like your your approach? Is it has it been much different? Has it been sort of little changes? and frequently and you know how has that looked um so i started with him in january um sort of mid-january and yeah i suppose different training to before before it was very much sort of like lift heavy heavy workouts and stuff like that as now it's sort of tweaking it more for specific breakdowns so working towards my weaknesses so even though like my snatch for, I would say my age group was okay, mm-hmm. I knew technically it wasn't as good as I would want it to be. So we've been sort of breaking that down and really working on sort of like, you know, the where the bar hits, et cetera. And so I'm feeling a lot more confident, even mm-hmm. though my numbers haven't gone up massively. I'm just noticing the difference of the technique and stuff like that and how the bar moves. Yeah, that's interesting. People think that, you know you automatically need to see improvement in terms of weight on the bar but even things like consistency things like how it feels it makes a big difference and confidence walking up to a bar and just thinking I know I've got this when it was potentially a a bad lift before you know yeah um so that's been good um working on my gymnastics have been a big big weakness or I feel they're a big weakness and um, just spending a bit more time with accessory work on that, which Mm -hmm. I didn't have specific, I would say beforehand. Um, So that's been really, really good. And then putting them in obviously wads, you know, mixing up bar muscle ups with toes to bar and all the things I hate that I'm just trying to improve. And actually my mindset of bar muscle ups I actually quite enjoy I can't say rings because obviously I haven't been doing much since been at home so yeah it's it's changed different 
but I think long term it's going to be better. Yeah, good. That's cool. Well, that's a worrying thought for any competitors considering you can second <laughs> second the last two years of the games and you think that there's still that, that room for improvement, right? From from our point of view, obviously we've known each other for years, you know, uh, com- competing, not against each other, but, you know, competing in the same competitions as each other and sharing some podiums and things like that. And then um, it's always been something that I've always looked up to with yourself is that you've never been afraid to throw your hat in the ring with the, with the young pups um, competing in <laughs> RX division, even if you know, there was a, there was a master's competition alongside. Um, obviously, there's regionals. You know, you went to compete against the, the, the first year you got to the games. Was it the first year you got to the games you competed regionals individual or second year? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that you you know you you also qualified as an individual for regionals. You know, and got to compete against um, some some great individual athletes as as a master as a forty year old woman. It's like a, and that's that's something that very very few people can say that they've done. Like, awesome. do you think that that's that's put you at a competitive advantage in terms of when you are competing against um, other masters at the game sort of level that you're always comparing, almost comparing yourself to, to the individuals, to the RX. And then it almost seems like a, not an easier competition, but in your head, it's just a, a, a reframing it that way. Um, yeah, I think competing at regionals with sort of the younger ones definitely helps. But then sometimes I always think I am young. <laughs> <laughs> and then I forget, oh, no, you're not. But I think that sort of just gives you that little bit of a, like you said, a competitive edge then when you move into the Masters. However, my first year at the Games, a lot of them at the Games have been like four, five, six times before. So they all knew one another. They've either been in teams. And I guess that's just because they started CrossFit most probably earlier than what I did. Mm-hmm. It being, you know, because I think the first year I went, apart from me and Ali, I think most probably 80% or if not 70, 70% were Americans. So they've sort of, I guess they've got that advantage. But then for me personally, I think, you know, competing with the younger ones just helps give you that little bit of a edge as well. Yeah. So you said um, there about um, a lot of competitors have perhaps started CrossFit for you. Where did uh, kind of your CrossFit journey start? And did you have any sort of background in fitness before CrossFit? Or I get asked this quite a lot. Yeah, um, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I've never had what I would class as a... I've never been involved in a competitive sport. I've got like four brothers who all did football and I guess I never really got involved in anything. At school, I love like hockey, um, netball, swimming and stuff like that. So I did that, I would most probably say at a young age, if you said 13, but never a competitive sport. I went to the normal Globo gyms, did a thing at the gyms called cross training which basically they line up 10 pieces of equipment and it's like the same course every year so you might do a 100 meter run 10 push-ups 20 sit-ups a row and then like shuttles to finish or something like that yeah um and me and my husband did that for sort of two three years i would say you know And it was just a little, oh, yeah, this is fun. And then my friend, who also did, like, cross-training, said, have you heard of this thing called CrossFit? And I was like, no, never heard of it, you know, like you do, turn your nose up. And he was like, well, his dad lived in America, so that's how he knew about it, researched it, had been researching it for a few years. And he was like, well, I'm going to open the box. And I was like, well, what's a box? 
and then he explained and he was like come on you know when I open it you've got to come on down so we went down for sort of like an open day and basically never looked back since how long ago was that Cal? Uh, so that was in oh, 2011. Oh, so it's still pretty early doors in terms of the UK scene side of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, Two, yeah. Cool. 2000, 2011, because then 2012 was the first year at regionals. And did you go in with the, well, I'm not sure whether you did or not, but did you go in with the idea of, oh, well, this is something I want to do in terms of competing? or? Um, was- to be fair, I didn't. I didn't really know much about CrossFit then, so I didn't yeah. know how sort of big it was in the States. I didn't know sort of like what competitions and everything. And then my first ever comp was, I think you were there, Mike, um, yeah. Battle of... London. Yeah, but it was in um, Bruno University. Yeah, with the 60-metre shuttle, 60-30-metre shuttle, yeah. I and I went there and had no idea sort of what to expect. And I got there and I was like, Oh my god! All these people. <laughs> that was an and awesome comp. That was my first individual comp as well. Oh, was it? Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a re- it was real fun. I remember them going right. Okay, you got a snatch, and I was like, "What the heck's a snatch?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And you look back and you just think, you know, that was sort of a really good insight. And then I just went, "Oh yeah, do you know what? I've got a buzz for this. Let's." let's see where it can take me people don't realize that like that at that competition you know you Catherine david's daughter competed wow. um yeah. you know we had we had a couple of americans oh who's the the one american uh, dude uh oh she was really really popular because you had sam went to her christian holt chris and holt yeah sam briggs was there you know there was some there was some massive swingers at that, bets, for that competition yeah. like some mm-hmm. big hitters you know and then um, from the game side uh, from the guys side of things as well you know steve uh, Steve Fawcett, I think, did Nick Rouse? I think Nick Rouse might have won it. Uh, Andy Edwards, you know, there's some big names there that at yeah. the time that were on the big on the on the the UK and like European regional side of things. So it was a it was a baptism of fire to, to for that to be your, your first competition, really. <laughs> yeah. So did, what was it uh, uh, at the beginning that kind of when you when you went into the competition? What was it that hooked you on to? Okay, this is uh, I want to do this now. I think the fact that there was so much to learn. And yeah. it was like, I've always had quite good leg strength. A few times, a few people have said, oh, you should have tried cycling years ago. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, maybe. And I just think the whole atmosphere and, you know, learning to walk on your hands. I've never done that since school. Learning yeah. to climb a rope and, you know, pulling your body weight, everything like that. I think there was so much to learn that, that it just drew me in. I remember as well, like um, another one, early days bit of a throwback was the, the did you win the first inferno you and becky i don't know if it was the first one but you won a couple didn't you but we we won a couple yeah and that you know that again was really different really fun that's so cool yeah and you look at that as a competition that's something from a from a crossfit point of view that was more of what we call like a classic fitness competition fitness comp, yeah. that had sort of less less skill less sort of um there wasn't as much gymnastics there wasn't as much barbell stuff but you had to be really fucking fit to win that competition. And I remember watching that and um, there was the running and rowing event that was horrendous. And just watching you running and lapping people for fun <laughs> around this run. I was like, who the hell is that? And um, and I just sort of thought, and somebody's like, oh, it's Kelly. And that's when we first sort of met and had a chat about it. I was like, yeah, she's legit. That's a, that's a proper athlete. 
<laughs> so when you started this competitive side thing, uh, Mike mentioned just before we start the podcast that um, did you have kids at the time or? Yep, two girls. Two girls. And how old are they now? So they are now 15 and 12. Throughout that time, throughout your competitive career, you've been, you know, handling two girls growing up as well. What I was really interested to know when I first found about found out about you was how do you how sort of throughout your competitive career, how do you handle um, sort of allocating time between being, you know, a mum, but at the same time also being quite a high level athlete as well? Um, so when they were tiny, it was a bit of a juggling act because yeah. it was to start with the first year I wasn't an owner of the box and then it sort of 2012 I became part owner but I was still working um full-time as a mortgage advisor for Santander which I have been for 16 years so it was juggling that juggling training and juggling being a mum and it just worked I think you just you know it gets to the point where each day was just a groundhog day (laughs) (laughs) you know you'd go to work pick the kids up but you'd always make that time as well like the bedtime with the girls to read a story and then I just think they sort of adapt to your routine Mm -hmm. so then they end up coming to the box with Mm -hmm. you sometimes at the quieter times they would join in with some like little mini workouts or I would give them a workout to do at the same time as me and I think as the years go on it got easier because they got older yeah and and Erin Erin I was like Olympic lifting and on a as you we were saying earlier before we uh, before we came on air she's looking at a pathway for British weightlifting and all that sort of stuff so it's obviously been a, a good um good transition a good experience for her yeah and I, you know I think it sort of helps them see they watch as they say kids kids absorb so much information don't they and like there was sometimes and they would go up to a barbell and pick it up and start cleaning or jerking I'd be like how the heck do they know that and it's just from watching like the members each day and watching us coach and I think it sort of just sets them up as a interaction with adults yeah also helps them sort of understand hopefully to be fit and healthy as well yeah and value of hard work and all the other good stuff as well yeah you know seeing your mum working as hard as she does to compete and 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 succeeding at such a high level um you know, you can't help but sort of understand that that hard work pays off, you know. And obviously Simon as well, um, your husband was, back in those days, was competing a lot. He hasn't competed for years now, has he? No, he's not competed for, I think last year was our last year that we did a pairs comp together, which was Rain Hills, which was good fun. So we sort of competed as a pair. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, he sort of done, he did Cyprus actually right. last year. Okay. But he's he's pretty busy with work and stuff so he can't dedicate as much time for his age category as well because they limit obviously as you know the amount of qualifiers or qualifying athletes you still have to be quite competitive within that field but early doors I mean he competed a lot didn't he so that must have helped in terms of having you both having the same interests and support having that system in place yeah it's nice because like being in the garden like at the weekend we can you know right we'll do this and yesterday I had a 5k run to do in a weighted vest so I was like, oh, are you coming out? He was like, yeah, but I'm not wearing a vest. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have said the same. Yeah. So I was like, well, you can be my pacer then and I'll yeah. just chug along. So, yeah, it's nice that we can share that as a family. So what, 
what would be the best bit of advice um, that you would give to people who were sort of perhaps when you first started were, who are in a similar situation now? What would be the best bit of advice you would give um, about sort of balancing and um, making sure that you're allocating all the right time to those areas? I think it's just making sure that you've got time, family time, you've got time for training don't stress too much if you know some days might not get a plan and you can't fit in because the family time needs to take priority but the biggest thing is having fun because if you don't and this is what sometimes I say to my girls if you don't enjoy the training why are you doing it okay we all still have goals where we want to achieve but you know if I stopped loving my training and what I'm doing it would be a real bore every day to get up and think, oh my God, I've got to go out and I've got to clean a barbell or I've got to go out and row 5k today. You know, it's just, it's just trying to, you know, keep that enjoyment level there. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That's something I always think about in competing as well is that you see so many people that get overwhelmed or stressed out or um, angry at competitions or whatever Mm. it might be. You see them crying on all this sort of stuff. And I just kind of think, you know, we work bloody hard. You know, we train bloody hard so that we can enjoy competitions. You go to a yeah. competition and, and it's a celebration of all the hard work you do. And I think yeah. if you don't enjoy competing, why are you doing it? Like, like, why put yourself under that and put yourself through that if you don't enjoy it? Yeah, that's what I see from you as well, Mike, from being on a comp floor is that, yeah, you'll, you know, you'll have a bit of a shitty workout and it might not go to plan. Well, I've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But you'll walk away and you'll go, do you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. It's done. Let's move on and let's go for the next thing. And it's just trying to keep that, you know, positivity there. And and that's what, you know, I see from you at a comp. You've got that positive vibe about you. And I, I think that makes a massive thing, especially with you being in a lot of teams stuff lately. You've got to have that because if you don't have that, what you know what's the point I haven't been in loads of team stuff but this year I went to filthy 150 and then yeah. I went to um Norway uh, yeah Norway for Swiss Alpine uh not Swiss Alpine that Norwegian Norwegian <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah Norwegian and that's the biggest thing that I found as a team is you've you've got to stay connected but you've got to have fun yeah 100% hundred percent. It's so much more about the being able to just brush off things that don't go well and acknowledge that they haven't gone well. Like there's no, you've mm. got to, you've got to do that and you've got to identify where you've got to get better. And, and But it's once it's done, it's then focus on the next thing. And like you say that about your, uh, about my mindset, but you're the epitome of that. Like in terms of, um, you know, if, if I, if somebody turned around and said, who do you see at competitions that's always smiling, <laughs> like you, you'd be right up there on the list. You know, you got this, it's such a, such as like a, a happy disposition when you're competing and I don't think I don't think I've ever seen you not looking happy in a competition you know? <laughs> um so what do you attribute that to in that mindset obviously you say about enjoying it but do you think that's something that's an advantage for you just to be able to to to, to sort of switch to flick that switch into an enjoyment side of things yeah I think so I mean obviously everyone has their own competitive edge mm-hmm. which you know you are competitive because you you compete but it was like the first year I went to the games I was just happy to be there do you know what I mean I had made it and I was just like do you know what I'm here you know what what else can I do is I guess some other people would be I'm here and I'm here to win Mm -hmm. yeah I guess it's the different sort of 
um mindset but that was just my first you know my first year and yeah it's just like you said it's just about having fun and but, I mean, you say that you come second twice. Like you, you are going there to win, right? It's not, <laughs> so, it's, so when when people when people sort of think of you, they don't they don't think, oh, she's just there making up the numbers. You know, you're 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 somebody that you know on the it, before the before the comp when they're reading out people the ones to look out for. You know, y- your name's going to be in that hat every single time. So to to be able to have that mentality, I think is is admirable. It's something we spoke mm, to Khan Porter about and. He's yeah. very like laughy and jokey in the back room and all that sort of thing. But that doesn't mean he doesn't care. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to win. It yeah. just means that he's open to enjoying that experience. Yeah. I think, like you said, as the you become more of a hit list. Um, <laughs> and the first year, no one had ever heard of because apart from Sam being a UK athlete and then we had Ali that year, there hadn't been any other female, apart from Kathy Wilson, but she was in the 45 category. 45 plus, yeah. But yeah, there would, hadn't been anyone in the 40 category. Yeah. So I think after sort of like day one, they were a bit like, wow, where have you come from? <laughs> you know, what's your background and what have you been doing? And obviously a lot of them have been ex-gymnast and ex-weightlifting or whatever. And mm. it was a bit like, wow. Well, nowhere really I just you know come from the UK and have been in a globo gym many years ago <laughs> but then like the following year everyone's like ah this is who she is yeah. <laughs> she was here this year so you become a bit more of a I guess a bit of a hit list and the pressure becomes more mm-hmm. yeah. I think because you finished second the year before then everyone expects you to podium the following year but I obviously like the number two don't I <laughs> that I was number two again yeah. <laughs> because there's no game so I just have to take I'm second again for the third year running yeah I mean we, we're obviously gonna we can't go through this interview without sort of getting into that really but I mean it's um what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on as a whole with the um the master's category almost and I, I say this as a outside of looking in I don't believe it's the case but um almost as a bit of a sideshow when it comes to the games and and you know it was the first thing on the chopping block yeah uh, I know te- teams have been chopped now as well but in terms of like when they were looking at chopping anything the first thing that went with the teams and the masters and yeah and being out there at the games with you last year and it was sort of like I came and watched you and the, the burpee over bar workout and a couple of bits like that but it was almost hard to know what was going on there because it was so much um in the wake of everything else yeah i think a few people have sort of called it the masters or the teens a bit of a sideshow which is a real shame because Mm. i think everyone works just as hard Mm -hmm. and eventually everyone is going to become older that Mm. eventually they will become a master age i think the difference from last year and the year before that i went so it's top 20 the in 2018 and top 10 last year mm-hmm. i think that made a massive difference with regards to how many people they had watching mm-hmm. and a few people there was a guy um jeb simmons who lives in wisconsin and he yeah. was saying he noticed a big big difference of you know having top 20 and having top 10 and actually being in both I actually think I preferred the top 20. And the reason being, because when you've only got 10 competitors, let's say 50% of them are at the top and then you've got the next um, five below, you're only fighting against five people. 
So you only need to have one mistake in a workout mm-hmm. and that could throw you completely off. As if you've got 20, there's a lot more that can slot in between. Yeah, it makes that gamesmanship, that strategy play as well. Yeah. It? And I think just from a spectator point of view, there were there were a lot more spectators you know spectators in 2018 as opposed to last year it was a real shame I think the way it was just dealt with this year with regards to cancelling because they already pushed our video review back we had an email out to say your video was accepted so you went to bed thinking oh great there's still maybe a chance that the games might be on and obviously there was talks of um aromas and stuff like that and then we woke up the following morning well i had quite a few texts on my phone that i woke up to and everyone was like i'm really sorry to hear this kelly and i was like what's happened Mm. and um they just announced it on social media that the games for the teams um and masters that it was the end of their season basically for 2020 and i just think if they had sent an email the day before about our video reviews it wouldn't have taken a lot to get a email the following day just to advise us before putting it out on social media so do you think they could have handled that better because one of i think um one thing that i certainly garnered from the comments that i'd seen from people is they thought it was quite cold in a way because it was almost kind of like before even telling the masters and and teens athletes they were like boom here's the social media post and then you yeah. get as you said you'll get messages from other people going oh it's so sad and you haven't even you didn't even know yourself up until mm. that point yeah i just think it you know it just a simple email just to say guys due to that you know what's going on because I think everyone was, you know, I sort of knew in my heart, I didn't think we would be going. Yeah. But it sort of hits you even harder when you see it on social media before they've told us. And it would have just been nice just to have an email just to say, you know, unfortunately, due to the current global pandemic, mm-hmm. that we're unable to take you. And I just think that would have just lightened the load a little bit. Mm, yeah, it's that like forewarning, isn't it? It's like almost... When you turn around and, and we've got this mentality that focus on what you can control thing, but you can't help but have an emotive response when it's just sort of, oh, right. So you're telling us this way and, you know, yeah. literally all, all it would have taken is a is an email. And, and it just like yeah. it, you can't help but get a little bit dis- disappointed, angry, what, whatever those that wave of emotions is, mm. even in, in your own head. Like you said, you'd almost resign to the fact that it's probably not going to go ahead. Yeah, it, it kind of makes it worse that that they didn't just sort of explain that situation if you everybody would have expected it to be cancelled so if they turn around and sent you a nice email explaining the situation you'd probably come out of it absolutely fine yeah, yeah. so it's um i think that's tough i think and and you know that's something that's cro- crossfit have always had uh, an issue with is the, the communication side of things and I, yeah. I i think they almost they almost play up to that they almost like that side of things that being yeah, yeah. That, that that sticking two fingers up and just being like well this is how we do it sort of thing you know well you know elliot said something uh, elliot said something similar when we were speaking to him because he was saying how they make a lot of noise on social media they'll they'll hint them you know he, he said he didn't like the fact that they'll be like oh they'll post a picture and be like oh you'll be here in a few weeks type thing instead of actually giving them some sort of concrete like this is what's happening this is what yeah. we're doing it was kind of like oh you know and it's especially when we're in a situation like that like we are now that's a difficult that's a that's a quite a vague way of dealing with it almost isn't mm. it because you're kind of just dropping little bits of information in yeah it's almost playing up to the crowd isn't it it's almost it's almost trying to get yeah. that like that 
Yeah, I get that. It's, it's, it's playing a game a little bit that doesn't necessarily need to be played. More for the teams, I would say, quite a lot of them were disappointed, which is understandable because if it was your last year as a team and it was your first time you had made it, you'd be yeah. heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because... And it could be years before you're looking at getting into yeah. an RX because it's that, that it's range of development. Field, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, tough. I really felt for felt for some of them because I think from reading sort of you know certain posts on morning chalk up and that there are a few that it was their first time yeah and now they're going to have to potentially wait until you know a couple of years until they qualify as an individual i know that they are talking about potentially running a, a team competition i haven't heard anything about the masters side but um running a, a separate competition that won't be um sanctioned or won't be like a crossfit competition yeah um the same as rich ronin's talking about doing a, a team competition potentially yeah, absolutely. um has there, has there been any talk about a master side of things um, I think there's there is something, but later on, sort of like December time. Yeah, yeah there were there was talks of possibly an online masters. Yeah, but I think we've already done online twice yeah, for the open, the and then you know it's it's so hard to do that mm-hmm. and have that consistency across the board. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Yeah. I just think you know now it's just time to focus on the open again <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's what i was going to ask then is that the next thing is that where you the focus now lies is it just let's look at october and get there again for next year yeah um that's now you know who knows what's going to happen for the rest of the year but i just think now yeah focus is on october you know try and get there with no niggles or anything try and stay healthy and then try and make it back next year but again it's like another year older everyone yeah. moves up from the 35 it's certainly not the case amongst the three of us here but um sometimes crossfit treats and people kind of treat it as a bit of a side quote unquote sideshow what what would you say that perception is down to is it the way that CrossFit handles the Masters division? Or? Um, I don't really know. Obviously, as a whole, when you look where it's um, now held in Madison, I understand why they have to have us in in different places just because of the sheer volume. Now they've got the national champs. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't be able to have us all inside because it would just the days would be so long or it would have to be drawn out over a longer period and I guess everyone's there to see the top athletes um you know like Sarah Sam um Matt Tia Annie um that's the main sort of focus but then when you go there even though it sort of does feel quiet to actually be able to perform on the north field so outside and the big that's like wow (laughs) but then when you go out there and it's sort of empty (laughs) you know because there was times that we could go out and watch the individuals and it was packed and then when the masters would go out it would sort of dwindle down and obviously be a lot empty but you know i understand that people want to go and see that you know the top guys and yeah i think the thing is as well is is because of the separate divisions as well it's like the girls and simon aren't going to watch the 50 plus they're going to watch your division because they're watching who you're competing against yeah um and i think Elliot mentioned about the fact that you know he could he could see going forward that potentially the the masters being a separate games and the um and the teams even maybe being a separate game so you've got the CrossFit Games, and then you've got the the CrossFit Masters Games, and then, because that way, then at least your 
the 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 main attraction right and each mm. and everybody's coming to see yes. that it might be a smaller crowd but they're all there to watch you and yeah. you know you i think i think that that's potentially got some legs the problem that you have got then is that obviously you need to rent a facility again and they need to get the volunteers and the all that other stuff. yeah um, but how would you see that working do you think that would be a good idea that would most probably work quite well i mean when Simon and the girls were at the games last year, obviously everyone wanted to stay around and watch their teams. So mm-hmm. they would like then watch me, then they would be watching the teams, then they would go out and watch the individuals. But yeah, that that I could see that working because then the ticket sales would be based on the masters and the teams yeah. rather than, do you know what I mean, everyone. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's that extra cost. And I was listening to a podcast with, I can't remember who it was the other day, and they were saying the budget that they had for last year's CrossFit Games as opposed to the year before was literally like huge difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they got massive cuts, didn't they? Yeah. On a more positive side of spin of things, in terms of your CV, it's it's mental, you know, like one so many sort of what we call local competition, but UK wide competitions and, mm. and Europe wide sort of throwdowns, being to reach how many times have you have you qualified for regionals? Three. 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 Yeah. Yeah, three. Three times uh, qualified for regionals, two times podium at the Games, two sanctionals this year, you know, Norway and Filthy 150, which were both really good events. Like, where where do you rank things? What do, what's your, in your head, what was your, not necessarily greatest achievement, but your, what's your favourite competition you've ever done? Oh, favourite comp. Swiss Alpine Battle, the Mm -hmm. pairs, um, who I had Spencer Whiteley, another master. Um, was such a fun comp because I had no idea what we were going to do. We ran up this beautiful mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you were there competing with really high-end athletes because they only had like 10 um, master pairs. And then and that was just a really amazing comp. Yeah, um, I heard that was run so well as well. Run, um, yeah. I hope they bring it back. Yeah, they, talk, um, they talked about it because they had one year off, didn't they? And they were talking about yeah. bringing it back. So hopefully next year. Yeah. So I would say that was most probably one of my favourite. And then I guess games, my first ever games, because I went to a box. So Jeb Simmons, who owns um, Northfit, I went to his box like the week before to train. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you know, I don't know who you are. And, but can I give you one bit of advice? Is this your first games? I was like, yeah. I said, well, he said, just enjoy every minute. And I was like, oh, okay. He said, I went last year. It was like his first year. He said, and by day three, he had forgotten that about enjoying. And then it was like too late. The time Mm -hmm. had gone. And he was like sort of at the top of the table. So he just said to me, just enjoy. And that's, what I like take what I've taken to both games now is just go and enjoy obviously you do look at the leaderboard but you try not to look at it too much Mm -hmm. until sort of like day two day three but yeah that was I would say that with Swiss Alpine was most probably both my favorite moments um in terms of um training as well I know we sort of half touched on this when we said about um swapping coaches over and how things have changed um has your training volume or intensity changed and gone down over the years as you, as you are getting older do you find like you, how your body reacts to that how you're, you're managing that um it's decreased i would say decreased in a different way 
So it might have been before I might have had like, let's say two, two wads at the end of like some strength work. I might now have like one wad, but then some accessory that are working towards all. So it's changed in that way. Mm-hmm. I have noticed over the past couple of years, I wouldn't say my recover my recovery still seemed really good from like, you know, going out for a run and stuff like that. But I would say a few more aches and pains start to appear so i'm a bit like right i have to do a bit more mobility and a bit more stretching to try and look after myself and you do that is that something that you you're good at doing or is it something that's you're working on it's becoming easier during the lockdown so i'm hoping when we're out of the lockdown i can continue that because i think it's making a difference yeah if you had like this something a little bit of a side but something that i've certainly done have you picked up any habits during the lockdown that you really want to carry on forward, like things like the mobility. But for me, it's I'm going for a walk for an hour every day, listening to audiobooks, And I find that so good for my, my head space. I've listened to something stupid, like 15 books since we've been in lockdown. Oh. And I'm just like really, really enjoying that side of things. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you, you know, to t- put a, a positive spin on, on COVID and the, the lockdown side of things, is there anything that you want to take forward and carry on with i would say mobility been trying to do that for at least like 30 minutes a day going to bed a bit earlier to trying to get a bit more sleep in and i do find that helps as well like longer term rather than only getting like six seven hours in with your mobility stuff do you follow anything like romwad or gowad or just do your own thing i was following romwad i had Mm -hmm. to try and think then but recently i've been uh following hack hewitt map online yeah great stuff and i just find that's a bit more it's just a bit more nicer the flows and stuff and it just makes you feel a little bit loose and i've been doing a couple of them in the morning as well like this morning i did one before my lifting and i was a bit like oh i feel a bit better <laughs> so, yeah. spend some time with hat as well eh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> virtually right so um what we got tell is uh 10 questions You've yeah. got 10 seconds to answer. So it's sort of like quick fire questions. If you go over a little bit and we might go into one of the answers or something like that. But uh, there's okay. something we've, we've asked um, all of our guests to us since episode three with Scott. Um, and the 10th one's a bit of a curveball. And then you get to choose the 10th question for our next guest. So uh, okay. and it's got to be a would you rather. Uh, first question, what's your favourite movement? Uh, it's got to be a clean. Yeah, shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clean, cleans more than me. Um, not quite <laughs> probably number two what's your least favorite movement uh it's got to be ring muscle-ups i remember we like how, how many messages we've had back and forth and haven't like we've done some, <laughs> done some sessions together working on them. like it's been for years isn't it like five years what is it specifically you don't like about them it's not that i don't like them it's just my brain for some reason like part of me sometimes it's oh oh shit i'm scared i'm gonna hurt myself i'm gonna fall through the rings yeah yeah and then sometimes i just overthink it i think mm. yeah that's the big but one that we found they we're were getting about. better before lockdown but we shall see when we go back uh what's your go-to cheat meal cal so we've got a like a pancake place or a really nice like all homemade stuff in winchester and mm-hmm. it's called josie's and they do like loads of pancakes stacked with either savory sweet i would say that yeah or just a pizza What's your favourite order from that um, pancake place? So they do be- like bacon and maple syrup. Oh, banging. Really and what's, awesome. what's your go-to pizza top in there? Pepperoni. Yeah, thank God you didn't say pineapple. <laughs> I do like yeah, pineapple. Scott said no, pineapple. No, it's not okay. Hawaiian. 
<laughs> it's not okay. Um, favorite movie? Bad Boys with Will Smith. Nice. Good, cool. proper cool. action yeah. film. There we go. Like. Yeah. Number one training track to listen to when you're training. Oh, I, tend, I listen to whatever really. I like Sub Focus, Tidal Wave. Ooh, yeah, okay. that's a good one. Yeah, I'd say that's that's quite a good. Let's get yeah. ready to lift. Give a beat, yeah. Um, what's the best book you've ever read or listened to? God, I read it years ago, and it was Ben Fogel and James Cracknell, Crossing the Atlantic. Why'd you pick that one specifically? Um, I think James Cracknell was actually in Southampton, like doing a book signing. And I was in Southampton that day and I went and picked up the book and he, he got it signed and stuff, or mm-hmm. I got it signed. And, um, and just read it then because I think I, they had the program on the telly about it and yeah, they did you know, what yeah. they went through. And so I was like, oh, actually, I want to read the book. Yeah. And it was one of those that you can you can put it down because it's like oh my god are they gonna get eaten by sharks or <laughs> even though he signed the book for you yeah <laughs> i knew he was still there <laughs> okay three guests past or present that you'd have over for a dinner party will smith yeah, second Ooh, time we've yeah. had him the second time yeah. we've had him i'd agree with that one oh, as well who, who else was will smith zach oh zach george I'd will, smith. Ah. Yeah. Zach george. will smith um, that was his first pick as well pink Singer Pink. Good one. She keep us entertained. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh oh, Uncle Brim. Rob Ryden. <laughs> <laughs> so the character, not not Rob Ryden, but the character Uncle Brim. Yeah. yeah? Even yeah. better. Yeah. That's quality. <laughs> That's cool. At least just keep he... us entertained all night. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd probably do the cooking and stress out a little bit as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, one item that you'd take with you onto a desert island. One item. Would there be food in that on there? Yeah, you can get food. Like, yeah, it's, go on. It's a, there's palm trees and shit. Yeah. I'd say barbell. All right. Oh, yeah. Keep get keep getting uh, getting them desert island games. <laughs> yeah. Half sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but if you could make it like a, a succinct piece of one piece of advice you could give to yourself ten years ago. Should have started ten years before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and now this is the uh this is the would you rather now this was from zach george would you rather not train for a year or not have sex for a year and mike what was your answer i said if i didn't have if i didn't train for a year i wouldn't have sex for another 10. (laughs) (laughs) oh not train for a year or not have sex for a year that's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, it? It yeah. It's got to be not have sex for a year. Yeah, I think And so. my thought process behind that yeah. is because if you didn't train for a year, you could be really out of shape and then no one would want to see you naked after that exactly. year. Exactly, yeah. 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 time, everyone's going to be gagging. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> what my, my exactly. thought that's, was. That's the kind of terminology we need, gagging. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> gagging for <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I was like, if I don't train for a year, I'll be so fat that I wouldn't be able to have sex until I got rid of it all anyway. So. Cool. So here's what is your would you rather question for our next guest? Oh, no. It, it can be rude as well if you wanted to. Anything, yeah. It was Khan Porter's one. Khan Porter's one was, uh, would you rather watch the, um, the entire uh, Lord of the Rings extended version trilogy every day, day. Or, have like dicks, or have dicks for fingers? 
So it could be as, as mad as you want it to be. I'm just thinking, would you rather suck toes? <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said toes. Would you rather suck human toes or lick horses' hoofs? Human toes. Feet don't bother me that much. Yeah. Well, you will. I, I situ- it's situational, see. I, I find sometimes with these ones, they're situational because what what feet are we what human feet are we talking are we talking like human feet that really aren't looked after or are we talking like pedicured feet no like not say the like, same like, say the same about the just, horse though. or just <laughs> ah, true, actually, well, yeah because yeah, horses feet could have loads of horse manure on uh-huh. mm. human, so human feet, feet could be really sweaty i'd say i'd go human feet I go human feet. Can't risk at least they're wearing mouth, yeah. mouth full of horse shit. No, no, that's, can't risk that. I know. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with Mike on that one because at least people, most people wear shoes, don't they? So um, well, I'll, I'll jot that down for our uh, our next guest. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna love that one. So. Thank you very much for having me on. We're gonna see you at any sanctionals next year. Are you gonna are you gonna do any more team stuff with Scott on that? Um, do you know what? I don't know. Whoever asked me. Um, I'll I'm keep you. Open. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I love? You know I love it. I'm not an in. You know some people are either individual athletes or they are team athletes. Mm-hmm. After sort of doing a couple of team athletes, I I feel like I I'm both. Do you know what I mean? I'm not se- I'm not selfish being in a team. It's not like oh you done shit blah 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 mm. and everyone gets a hammer in. You, you know you just go with the flow and. Obviously, I've worked with two different teams because I worked with Liam and um, Barney. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I worked with Scott. And on both teams, we had never, ever worked together. Like before, we had never had a session. Obviously, I've known Liam and that because from Bournemouth, they're only down the road. Yeah. Um, so I've known him since the first ever regionals. But Scott and um, James Dollar, I had never met before. So, you know, it's just nice. I, I'd like to be able to say I'm going to do some sanctionals. Um, down under championships, which was supposed to be this weekend, mm-hmm. um, I qualified as an individual athlete. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go and just go and have a bit of fun. But they were really good. They emailed us out and said that they're going to hold our position for 2021. Oh, wow. That's cool. So if obviously funds and everything still warrants, then I can go out there and compete in. Australia and sort That'd of be a cool experience. Fun. Yeah, that's what because I was like, oh, do I? Don't I? And Simon was like, well, go. We won't come with you, um, and just go and have fun because you might not get many opportunities mm-hmm. as an individual. So you've got to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spoke to Khan a, a lot about that, and he's choosing so many of his sanctionals now based on the experience rather than necessarily the competition. Hopefully, yeah. he'll sort of qualifying out in his own sort of way. So it was like. You know, he was going to do Egypt and the German throwdown because he's like, he loves Berlin and he's never been to Egypt. So he's like, I want to go and do that. And I want to see those things. So it's like, that's a cool experience, you know? Because you were supposed to be doing Egypt. Were you doing Egypt? Yeah, Egypt and Lowlands were the two that we were supposed to do. Oh, Lowlands, that was it. Yeah, so... um, And have they cancelled? I know they've cancelled Lowlands. Have they cancelled Egypt? Not officially yet, but I'm I'm sure we're just waiting on the email. Yeah. Cool. As always, you can follow us on our social media to stay up to date with when the latest Kratos, Kratos chats have come out. The handle is at Kratos underscore nutrition. 
Kelly, is there anything you want to plug or is there social media that people can follow you on? Um, I'm just Kale Frail on Insta, so you can follow me that way. But um, no, apart from that, thank you ever so much for having me on today. It's been great to chat with you both. It's been great, thank you.